Welcome to the Wise Birth Radio. We are women, students, and mamas exploring healthy pregnancies, empowered birth, nurtured postpartum, and natural parenting from a holistic, intuitive, and grounded experience. We share knowledge through interviews, stories, and musings. We hope to inspire you to take charge of your childbearing journey for yourself and your family. This show is intended to spark your own curiosity and encourage you to listen to your body, your baby, and your intuition. I'm Mabel. And I'm Sarah. And we are your hosts on Wise Birth Radio. So we have a really great episode for you today. Um, We talk about pain in labor, our perceptions of the various sensations of birth and how we could label it pain or not, we could experience pain or not, um, and how it's different really than anything else we've experienced in our lives up until this point. I do have to give you a fair warning. The first 10 minutes or so are pretty fuzzy. Uh, I'm not quite sure what happened. I think it had something to do with the fan on my computer. But if you can make it through those 10 minutes, this episode is absolutely worth it. Um, And if it's just too annoying for you, you can just skip the first couple minutes. And then I do actually have to cut out the whole end because it gets impossible to hear. And I'll try to summarize it when we get to that point. All right, we're back, Mabel and Sarah, today on the Wise Birth Radio. Um, We've had, I think, just one episode together recently, but exciting to have another. We have. (laughs) Yeah, with Michelle. Oh, right. The birth story. Um, But I always love having co-hosts, so I'm not just talking to myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're going to talk today about pain in birth. We'll probably also talk about pain in life and the absence of pain in birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to say anything else to introduce us to this topic? Mm, no, I think just, I think this topic is definitely very relevant to me right now as I get closer and closer to giving birth mm-hmm. 32 weeks now and definitely I feel like there's moments throughout my days where I kind of can tap into this like where I, I guess I kind of try to imagine myself in labor mm-hmm. like I've been doing this thing where I take these showers really late at night uh-huh. and I just like get in my labor position and I like get <laughs> in my labor brain and my labor breath and all these things and mm-hmm. just kind of you know start feeling into what that space is and it feels like. Have you done that with previous pregnancies or this is the first time? That's a good question. I particularly remember when I was pregnant with Noah um, feeling I don't want to say disconnected but throughout most of the pregnancy I was like it was amazing and mm-hmm. really like chip, not chipper but excited about <laughs> it and then we watched this really intense really weird movie not about it at all not at all but it was just like kind of very strange emotional like, vibe to it and I went outside in the dark and I squat down and I like tapped right into that earth mm-hmm. labor space and it was like very intense and I was like whoa that's where I'm headed <laughs> or maybe you know just like mm-hmm. remembering the intensity of it but I don't I can't remember. Which ones are bad? Unless I write them down. But yeah, so, anyways, what I was trying to get to was just that I'm feeling into that space recently and kind of wavering between like feeling super excited. Wow. Go. Thing to like, whoa, here we go. Mm-hmm. Potentially, really intense. And when you're doing this practice in your shower, do you imagine the sensations that are going to come in? Yeah, a little bit. A lot of times in the shower, I feel like I can't quite get the position that I want to. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of like getting in that headspace of like, okay, how how am I going to want to move through and be through and. Mm-hmm. Perseverance, but like 
So I think that was really frustrating for me to like mm-hmm. feel like, okay, I'm doing this thing, but my body's not telling me to do it, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, yeah, I can't really, it's hard to describe the exact sensation, but it just it felt disconnected. Mm-hmm. That's the best. But then with Cielo, no one was telling me to push. And I didn't push for a really, really long time. And again, that same like beginning part, well not beginning part, but like the whole period of me getting fully dilated. I was mm-hmm. moving and breathing and in my flow and then eventually I started to feel his head come down. And I feel like again with the first two I like couldn't feel them coming down. And that was mm-hmm. really frustrating. I was like, what is like am I doing anything? Like I can't feel yeah, any movement. Or not I didn't feel that. Yeah, it was so frustrating there. But no, I'm like, I don't even feel this baby moving. Like am I doing anything? <laughs> yeah. But with Cielo I could. And it wasn't even and it was it was intense for sure. I'm like you know, I feel like my pelvis was definitely getting open and stretched. Um, but it just felt more... Uh, that's the word. I just felt more connected to where he was at in my body and connected to my own body. And the feeling that I had to 
finally push was like very gentle and it was more so of a like unfolding opening mm -hmm. and I pushed like maybe three times and he was out Versus well his head was out and then he was like oh yeah just took the rest of his yeah, body out yeah that was annoying because he took a, the rest of his body took not that long no it felt, sure it felt, it felt like a really long time but like in comparison with my you know uh, I was pushing for like at least an hour with both of them mm -hmm. so it was very short so yeah sensation wise <laughs> it's so hard to describe this way. It's really, really hard to describe. And that's like the one thing that people most want to know after you've given birth. Um, at least in my experience, there was a couple moms that we were friends with who were a little bit, a couple weeks or months behind me. And I think like a week or two after I gave birth, one of them called me and was like, so, so what did you do after? <laughs> I was like, I can't even. Yeah. It's different than anything. Right, which is something that, that I want to get into, and we will get into, but mm -hmm. do you feel like you have any more words for it now, at this point? I don't know. I mean, so much of it, I feel like it's easier to explain, like, if you could see me and see my face and the movements that I would, might be doing, it would be easier for me to get it across that way. Maybe I could, like, paint a picture, I don't know, but words just don't really seem like the thing for it. I feel like with any sensation, if it's physical or if it's emotional or energetic, whatever, if it like deepens past a certain threshold, there's no way that words can follow it. Yeah, especially when, like you said, there's not really anything else in life that we can compare it to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like our, one of our friends, who's a guy, was asking me about it and like the level of pain. I was like, it's, you can't even explain it like that because it's these really intense sensations and you are so like out of your mind high on hormones that the way you're perceiving everything, especially the feelings in your body, is just untranslatable. Yeah. So why are we even doing this podcast? Well, there are some things that I think are more tangible. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about my birth experience. Yes, um, Let's see. For me, I feel like kind of similar with Sarah's first two experiences. The first part prior to pushing felt um, not necessarily like orgasmic or ecstatic or even pleasant. But again, it felt manageable and I felt... Well, there's nothing to manage. That's such a weird word to apply to that context. Mm. It felt like I was immersed in it. I was underwater. I was in it. Not underwater in a drowning way, but mm -hmm. in relation to our previous metaphor. You were swimming. Yeah, there you go. I was swimming underwater. <laughs> and it was definitely a really insightful look into how much our brains completely impact the way we experience things, the way we feel things, which is, I mean, just all of it. Everything that we perceive or feel goes through this filter. And for me, I know I've talked about this in a previous podcast of Owen's birth, but there were certain contractions where, like, if I had it together enough to sort of visualize my uterus as a hot air balloon um, and just just see what was happening down there, if I could be connected to it in that way, then it didn't, I wouldn't have said that it hurt at all for those contractions. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like the most difficult thing for me physically, at least in this first part, was that I don't feel like I ever really got a break. Mm. Yeah, and I was just thinking about this a night or two ago, like every birth video I've seen, you know, they have a contraction, then it's like, oh, okay, and sometimes people even fall asleep between contractions, or just, like, close their eyes and relax, and I don't feel like that ever happened. Man, I was feeling pretty good <laughs> that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so when the sensations started to change, probably... Okay, I feel bit. like we should just specify for oh, yeah. people who haven't heard your birth story, basically, just to be really clear. Mabel was just having like contraction on top of contraction on top of contraction. 
Yeah, so there would be a lot like of like triple peaked contractions. And then even when they would fade, I feel like they'd only fade to like 50%. And then, I don't know, you even timed it at one point and you were like, I was so confused. I don't understand if this is one contraction or two or... I was confused, yeah. I was confused too. Um, but anyways, the time that the sensation started to change was when I was in the pool for the brief amount of time that I was in the pool. And I started to feel like for a couple of contractions, I was, so I was kind of on my knees on the edge of the pool, like sunk back into the pool. How many times am I going to say the word pool in this sentence? Anyways, and then at a certain point towards the middle of the contraction, I was kind of like shoot up, mm. like upright onto my knees. And it definitely felt like I am avoiding something. <laughs> like I'm trying to get away from this mm-hmm. low down intense feeling. And I thought I was going to throw up at some point, and I feel like mentally that was also when I was just like, I don't, I don't, I'm just not with it anymore. I don't know exactly what happened then. There was some talk of me checking my own cervix, and I think I didn't quite know what I was feeling, and the midwife checked to validate it. Mm. And I feel like... I don't even remember that. I don't actually remember, like, the experience of her putting her fingers inside me but I remember sort of the conversation around it mm. and I remember she was like oh yeah that's a cervical lip and I in, in my head I rolled my eyes I was like you're stupid or go read that article by Rachel <laughs> but anyways I don't know if it was just thinking back on it now I don't know if it was that external interaction and like talking and getting into that part of my brain or if it was people physically touching me that took me out of that because that's also when like you and Patrick kind of had your hands on my lower back Mm -hmm. and I didn't hate it but it wasn't especially helpful for me Mm -hmm. um and so after that I think I moved to the toilet a little bit and then to the bedroom and I remember just thinking like I so many stories that I've heard people are like oh yeah and then compared to the rest of it pushing was so much easier or like it actually felt good it felt productive and similarly with your first two I think I forgot there was a baby there at that point and I was just like this is such hard work and it feels so intense and I don't know why I'm doing it (laughs) why am I here and I really thinking back on it I really wish someone had said like Mm. just remember there's a baby coming out of you yeah, it's really, really good to get those reminders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember being in other people's labors and being like, how could you forget that your baby's coming up? What else are you doing this for? But when you're in that vortex, it can like take all that you have just to be with the sensations. Yes. And I think also at that point, I was feeling a little on guard about the amount of people in the room and specifically people behind me. Where I couldn't see them and this has been a whole process of mine I just recently remembered that for like a year or two in high school if anyone walked behind me I would like get so scared and flinch and I was not comfortable with it at all wow. and I totally forgotten about that until I was kind of working through this moment in my birth experience like moving it through my body and this that memory came back again but anyways I think because of that I was out of the flow of it and it felt a lot less doable Mm. and I remember saying things like can someone just tell me how much longer this is going to go on for and I was half joking and I knew nobody could tell me that but there was there wasn't this sense anymore of like I'm doing it I'm giving birth it was more like this horrible thing is happening to me and I just need to know if it's going to stop every time yeah two things that I just thinking about as you're talking is one I feel like the big common denominator between what we both just shared is just like the sheer presence required to be there and like Mm -hmm. for me and it sounds like for you when we were able to be in that like super present place we were doing it Mm -hmm. and like and then like the second piece of that is like how easy it is to get pulled out of that yeah and I think for me, it's just been such a constant lesson, which is, I, I think has been, has taken me many times and, and might still continue to take time 
but like every birth, I'm, I'm continuously. All given of your the, births or all births that you attend? All births that I've been present at, just mm-hmm. like continuously reminded, like, oh my gosh, like the woman is in such a sensitive space. Mm-hmm. And like just the slightest, like you were saying, like the slightest touch, the slightest word, like just it can take something so, so small that I feel like on our daily, regular lives, like we're just. Something like that wouldn't shift us so mm-hmm. much, but just how immensely sensitive the birthing woman is, and yeah, um, and then it's not just like if a person walks into the room, it's going to mess things up. Because I remember when you came up into our little attic bedroom, it felt like a breath of fresh air. Like I was like, oh, the sun is coming up. Sarah is here. It was such a positive and non-distracting energy. But when, for example, my mother came in, mm-hmm. we have a great relationship and it wasn't anything horrible, but there's, I think, this sense of just like someone else that I had to watch out for now. Mm-hmm. Like in some ways I had to care for her experience as well. Mm-hmm. And when the midwife came, that was another person that I didn't just feel totally at ease with. And So again, yeah, it's not like just a person walking into the room will disrupt it and you should never have anyone at your birth. You need to just be in a dark room all by yourself. But the people matter, your relationship with the people matter. And besides that, just the energy that the people bring. Yeah, you said something that I feel like really kind of ties it in. It's like, do you feel responsible for that person's experience? Mm -hmm. Like, if your relationship is that you don't, and, like, you feel like that person, the relationship is that that person can hold their own, it's, like, takes responsibility for their yada yada, then you're most likely going to feel a lot less. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you need to think about what's going on with them in yeah. the situation. Yeah, the two questions that just came up for me in terms of who is going to be at your birth is I think the first is pretty simple something that most would say is like do you trust this person and that's a big one but I think the other part of it is do you trust this person to trust you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that feels huge mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah. you got off a little bit was there <laughs> anything else sensation wise that you wanted to speak to um, sensation wise. I think the last thing you said was just like you were getting pulled out of your center mm-hmm. with so many people around and people behind you and and you were asking how much longer is this going to go on? Yeah, and I think as the pushing went on it only got more intense. Um, and I never really felt like yeah, I really wanted to feel like I knew that something was happening, that something was moving, and it kind of just felt like I was doing this thing over and over again, and I didn't, I couldn't feel any progress. Mm-hmm. And I definitely remember the sort of ring of fire sensation that, again, at that moment, I think I would have characterized as pain because I wasn't in that hormonal bubble Mm. yeah and even at like even when he was born I had seen the very top of his head and I still don't think that I expected him to to come out (laughs) like even at that moment there was no sense of progress or things changing it was just like I'm still doing this and there's still a baby inside of me until all of a sudden there's a baby outside of me (laughs) Mm-hmm. Okay. But I, yeah, there's no words that you can describe this sensation. No, no, it's very challenging. Um, well, I wanted to kind of shift into a couple other ideas or points about mm-hmm. pain or intensity um, or just questions or reflections that. Mabel and I kind of had over the past few months because, um, yeah, th- this question kind of came up like, how do we deal with pain? Why are we scared of pain? Because 
being having our prenatal circles like that I feel like is definitely something that yeah, would be voiced a lot of concerns that people would have and um yeah so I just kind of started asking myself like well why are people so scared of pain and I don't know if I have the answer <laughs> but something I was just reflecting on is well a couple things but one is that I feel like in our modern culture, we live such comfortable lives. We, mm -hmm. you know, we can just walk, take an easy, if you live in the city, an <laughs> easy walk to the grocery store, pick out all your food, or mm -hmm. hop in the car and drive there. You know, it, you can easily survive. Well, I don't want to speak for everyone, because there are definitely people out there who are struggling, but... I would say most people can easily survive without experiencing too much intense physical sensation, exertion, challenge. Mm -hmm. Unless something bad happens. Right, right. So that's the other piece is that, well, hold on. I just want to, it's, it's okay. <laughs> I just want to then rewind a couple thousand, hundred thousand years to like, <laughs> the people, the cave people who on a daily occurrence, you know, their bodies had to experience, I'm imagining, mm -hmm. really intense physical sensation, whether it be, you know, running and chasing a, some animal to hunt or hiking really high to so mm -hmm. get to some berry fruit trees, nut trees, whatever, or walking many many miles to get to water all of these things like Certain our bodies right extreme temperatures mm -hmm. all of these things the bodies then were just more on a much more frequent basis experiencing much more intense sensations i would imagine mm -hmm. this is just my theory i also wonder if part of it is that our bodies were moving in all these various ways like katie bowman says getting the full what did you say the, the nutrients the vitamins vitamin movement or something mm -hmm. like all these different kinds of movements that our bodies need and with our comfortable and sedentary life we don't stretch in that way we don't walk that much we don't move our pelvis in all these different ways our feet don't feel the irregularities in the ground and strengthen from that and so i think while part of it is that our mental conditioning to discomfort has kind of disappeared. I think part of it might also be that our physical body alignment is way out of whack because of our the way that we live. And I'm sure that that affects the way we experience birth. Totally. I feel like that's a whole whole new podcast oh, yeah. right there. But definitely. So but yeah, I was, you know, on the mental plane. Like I just think that we at this point on mentally emotionally we're just not conditioned for experiencing things like that so and sorry wait the other thing that i wanted to say is these days if you have to get your toe amputated they're going to give you drugs mm -hmm. if you are in intense physical pain you'll say there's something that can be done about this to experience less of it mm -hmm. whereas cave people if you had to cut off your toe, probably they need some herbs that would help, but also you were going to feel it. Mm -hmm. And there just wasn't that mentality of like, if something hurts, I can do something to feel it less. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. So that's, I'm not really sure what the, I don't want to say antidote, but how do we um, prepare ourselves mentally to get used to or familiar or even friendly with mm -hmm. you know these more intense sensations and I think one thing when, when people talk about and of course I'm, I'm general we are generalizing here because there definitely are people who push their bodies to very extreme oh. and you know thinking about like extreme ultra marathon runners right marathon runners and people who hike really high mm -hmm. mountains but and that I think you know they might be in a different category, but a lot of the times when I talk to people about labor and 
giving birth, I literally just describe it as hiking a huge mountain. <laughs> and so maybe people should start hiking mountains. I'd like to do that. <laughs> more often. But, you know, it's that, for me, it's that kind of like, there have been times where I've been hiking mountains where I am just utterly exhausted and my body mm-hmm. feels like it cannot do it. And the only thing that I can say to myself is like one foot after the other. And then you get to the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember being little and biking to my friend's house, and she lived at the top of a very steep hill. And it was a dirt road, and so I would just, like, pick a little rock on the road, like, five feet up, and I was just, like, I thought of shooting, like, grappling hooks out of my eyes and hooking them onto the rock and pulling myself up to that rock. And then I was like, okay, next rock! Out of your eyes, that's so fun. Um, there's two things that I wanted to say that you helped me to think of. And the first was, what was it? Oh, the first was about the mountain hiking analogy, is that yes, you need to be mentally prepared for that, and you need to understand that it's going to get hard, and also you need to be physically prepared for that. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're going to hike a mountain, you better have snacks and plenty of water, and you better have, I don't know, maybe gone on some long walks before that. You're not just going to hike Mount Everest after having never hiked a mountain in the past four months. Mm -hmm. And birth is the same way. You need to prepare your body and you need to have the nourishment to see it through. And I think that was another part of what made my birth feel increasingly hard is that I was trying and I knew that this was something important previous to labor. I was like, this is your job. I think it was you. I think it was Patrick. He's like, you need to be the person. You're the captain of snacks. (laughs) Um, But with my contractions so close together, I felt like I couldn't even chew and swallow anything before the next one came. And having food in my mouth with a contraction was just the worst feeling. And so I ate like a couple cherries and a bite of a granola bar and sipped on some honey water or something. But I really didn't have the fuel that would have been ideal for my body for this. I think it was only 12 hours, but that's a long time if you're doing something physically strenuous. And the other thing that I was going to say, when you were talking about how do we prepare ourselves for these intense situations, is that I think that there's kind of two ways that I could go about this. So the first is that a lot of spiritual (laughs) practices are kind of based around this concept of like putting yourself in discomfort and figuring out how to deal with it or like how to reconcile or how to detach from it or whatever it is like Vipassana sitting for 12 hours a day without talking and just sitting and not moving or like you think about walking across hot coals that's a common metaphor for labor and I'm not saying that you need to have done all of these spiritual practices before birth but I think that in addition to approaching it in the same way that you would approach hiking a mountain in physical preparation approaching birth with the same spiritual preparation that you would approach one of these ceremonies that do consist of intense physical hardship. Mm-hmm. And I think this would be a really great thing to talk with Jerry about. Mm-hmm. We're planning to be on our friend Jerry Walsh's podcast, Bodhi Speak, um, coming up soon. And he is deep in the, soaked in the Buddhist wisdom and wisdom from spiritual traditions around the world. And I think you have some great things to say about this. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I think part, I mean, that kind of ties into the next point that I was reflecting on in this that um, if, obviously, we already spoke about how important Mabel and I felt it was for us to be connected to our bodies. However, I feel like equally as important is to be in constant remembrance and connection to this much, much greater thing that we are that is not our bodies. Mm-hmm. Whether you want your spirit, your soul, this, this part of us that is not physical. And I feel like if there can be like a balance of connection or like I'm almost even like envisioning like this tethering between two worlds of um, I guess just being really present with the 
concept and idea that we are not our bodies and that mm -hmm. we have these bodies and these bodies are experiencing these things, but we are so much more than that. And I feel like with that, there allows us like a little bit of space and breathing room between mm -hmm. those intense sensations. And I feel like that is kind of a similar mentality that might be tied into like these more intense mm -hmm. spiritual practices that you were speaking to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even beyond that, like sort of on a smaller level of saying, I am not my contractions. Uh -huh. Like it can be so hard in the moment to remember that this sensation that you're right in the middle of is not the entire world. Yeah. But I, re I read something recently. I have no idea what it was or where it was from or what it was about, but it was just very briefly like anything that leaves or that dies or that disappears was not you anyways. Mm. I think it was not in relation to this kind of thing necessarily, okay. but the contractions will go. They are not you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yes. And I think this kind of goes into what you were saying before we started recording about the difference between pain and suffering. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, again, I feel like this would be a great thing to talk to Jerry mm -hmm. about, but I think... It's a classic Buddha quote. Uh-huh. But as if pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. Right, exactly. And so it's possible for us to experience this pure, sheer intensity, but that we don't need to be swallowed by it. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I, I think, again, the easiest way for me to just envision it is just holding on to that knowing that I am so much more than this sensation or mm -hmm. like I am not even this sensation like I'm experiencing this sensation yeah. but it is not me and and birth is so much more than this sensation there is a baby coming to earth via this process mm -hmm. yeah yeah and another piece that I was speaking to um well I don't know. Is there anything else we want to talk about before we go to that other piece? I think we're good on that. Yeah. I, I want to get deeper into that one with, with Jerry because I feel like I'll have a lot mm -hmm. to shed on that. But um, kind of one of the, another thing that I had reflected on a couple months ago was just that for women who have not given birth before, the, I think the most intense sensations that they have ever felt in their womb are probably menstrual cramps. Yeah, and that's a pretty common question, I think. Like, oh, mm -hmm. do contractions feel like cramps? Yeah, or how much more do they hurt than cramps? Yeah. Which is a really interesting notion because the presence and the sensation of having menstrual cramps is not normal and it's not a sign of health. Mm -hmm. And so if you're you're experiencing these or at least intense like probably right right intense painful ones the kind mm -hmm. that people are like in bed and taking painkillers and yeah yada yada um you know those are signs from your body that there is something wrong on some level or yeah. imbalance or dis-ease if you will yeah and it can often be like your uterus is a little twisted or folded or tipped or it could be a hormonal situation Right. I'm not telling you right now, like, if you have cramps, everything is wrong in your body, go out and fix it. But it could be a sign that something needs balancing or right. needs to be looked at. Right. And to go further, it could be on a physical level like this, or it could be that there's emotional things being held in your womb that you're not really not able to look at and let go of. Mm -hmm. Because that's such a, like, your pelvis is such a powerful container and I don't know if this is I think this is through a traditional Chinese medicine lens like things that your heart can't process are stored in your room or sort of this channel so if something happens that maybe we would consider a trauma because it happened it's too much for your body to process at the moment often that can then be just like shuttled down into your womb as a place to hold it until it's safe and you have the capacity to deal with it yeah, but if we don't realize this, if we don't address this and, like, attend to cleaning that, mm -hmm. 
I think that can contribute to a lot of physical pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I was just reflecting if our main connection experience of intense sensations is in our pelvis. In our pelvic pelvic right, right, in, right. In our pelvic area is referenced back to these intense menstruation cramps. And that's what we're kind of like forecasting our experience mm-hmm. of labor to be. It's like we're already laying down or like putting this screen in mm-hmm. front of our eyes of, I don't want to say negativity, but like there's already this air of, first of all, discomfort. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I want to say like frustration. Like I feel like so many people feel really frustrated when that happens and like all the challenging negative emotions mm-hmm. that come with that time and that frustrating experience of having these intense cramps and then all of that tied in together with like whether it's conscious or unconscious but this knowing that there is something not that out of balance Mm -hmm. that is out of balance so at this point it gets just ridiculously fuzzy um but i'm going to summarize what i could understand of what we said so Coming off of where we just were, Sarah was talking about um, sort of creating this as an invitation to to make a new channel of curiosity or of experience for what the sensations of birth might be like, because they will in all likelihood be unlike anything you've ever experienced. But if you have it in your mind that it's going to feel like that one time this thing happened to you or these really bad menstrual cramps, then... I mean, our minds are really powerful, and that will be that might be the experience that we create for ourselves. Um, so there may be overlaps in these sensations. I mean, obviously in the physical body parts and muscles involved, but also in the way that things feel, or again, in the way that our minds are related to it. But this is a different experience. There is a baby coming through your body, and it's so unlike anything that happens in the rest of our life. So most of the time these sensations of labor are just a sign that our bodies are doing exactly what they need to do. Um, And I don't think we've said this explicitly, but previously in our lives, any time we felt pain, it was because something needed to be addressed. Our hand was too close to the fire. We broke our ankle. We, like we said, had really bad menstrual cramps, which could be a sign of an imbalance or, yeah, an an, an out of alignment. Something that's out of alignment. Um, But birth has intense sensations, most of the time, for most people. And most of the time, for most people, this means that everything is okay. This means that everything in our body is working, a baby is coming through our pelvis, and nothing needs to be done, nothing needs to be addressed, which is totally unique in our lives in this time. Um, And when we are in this state of hormonal flow, of the ecstatic hormones of labor and birth, as Sarah Buckley calls them, it might be easier for us to experience these sensations in a way that's manageable or that's outside of our regular perception of pain because we are on this in- intense hormonal high. Um, we're somewhere, somewhere else, somewhere out of our minds, literally. Like, not crazy, but we are not in our minds, in the ideal physiological birth. We are in our bodies. We are in the cosmos. And everything in that state feels different, has the opportunity to be perceived differently. However, if that hormonal blueprint was to be interrupted and we were to be in our minds, things might be, the sensations of birth might be harder to deal with. Um, And I know that was the case in both Sarah and my stories. Sarah and I, mine and Sarah's stories, however that grammar goes, um, of Sarah's first two births and my only birth, that once we were taken outside of this optimal hormonal flow state, because people were talking to us or directing us or whatever the case was, the physical sensations of labor became harder to manage, harder to deal with, harder to feel like we could do it. Harder to cope, I guess you could say. Um, So people, things, environments that don't make us feel safe, that don't hold this space that's required for physiological birth can therefore make labor more difficult. Um, Same with having more thoughts, more being in our brains. 
And then on the other hand, more safety can promote easier sensations. Um, so I think that's just such a cool thing that our bodies are designed to do. So in labor, our bodies produce beta endorphins, which is the hormone responsible for our runner's high. So it is kind of this reward, like you're doing this incredible thing in your body and our bodies are designed for the hormones to make this incredible thing feel incredible or at least feel manageable, <laughs> which is kind of a weird word because it's not like you're really managing birth, but I think you understand what I'm trying to say. Um, and if we can just get out of the way, if our environment can get out of the way of ecstatic birth unfolding, then we will most likely have an easier time with labor. Okay, so that was more or less the gist of what we said. Um, if you have any thoughts, stories, personal birth stories about this, we'd love to talk to you, to hear from you. If you have any further questions on sensations or pain and labor, however you want to call it, please reach out to us. You can email us at catskillsbirthcollective at gmail.com. Um, and please feel free to leave a review if anything about this podcast inspires you, made you think. You can leave a review wherever you listen to them, iTunes, wherever I listen on my phone. I think it's just called podcasts. I don't know. Um, and that will help us get this podcast to more people. And we think that's a great thing. Um, I promise that we will have better audio quality from now on. And if you made it through this funny sounding episode, congratulations. And I really, really hope it was worth it to you. See you next time. And you will hear us better then. <laughs>